Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the Book of Obua podcast. Today I'm going to be speaking about the elephant in the room, tribalism in Uganda. Now this is a topic that I feel is very necessary for us to discuss. I think it is long overdue that we had this discussion. I think Uganda as a nation and the people of Uganda have reached a point at which we need to address issues such as this in order for us to move forward to step into the next phase of our destiny of our collective destiny we are at that point in our collective journey as a people where we are at the crossroads and we need to think critically about what direction we are going to take next in determining our future and the future of those coming after us. So, without wasting a lot of time, let's jump right into this. So, as far as Uganda goes, well, tribalism is that one thing that I feel has held us back as a people. It has prevented us from uniting as one and having a common voice and a common goal to strive towards. And generally, it has just kept us backward. And I think we need to address this and settle it once and for all. I feel if we can get rid of tribalism, we shall make a huge leap forward in achieving the many dreams and ambitions that we are always speaking about. Now, tribalism exists in many forms. It's it, it showed its ugly head in all places, you know, from the job market to, you know, development in the country, you know, things like government and all that, you know, it's, I mean, everyone knows, like, what tribalism has done. I, I don't think I need to really... Um, say much about it but i feel that somehow we only look at it in a limited sense and in the sense that like we usually accuse the government and those in government of being the perpetrators of tribalism but then again the common man plays a very big role in perpetuating this vice i think i i feel that it's my belief and actually i'm i'm very sure about this i know for a fact that this vice is perpetuated by common people. It starts at home in families and then spreads. It's passed on from one generation to the next. I do not believe that there is any single child who is born into this world with sentiments of hate in him or her. I believe that all these are things that are learned, that are taught by elders to the younger. And I feel that the responsibility lies on the current generation to end that cycle and to stop passing on this nasty vice to those coming after us. Concerning tribalism, I'm going to speak of my own experience of tribalism, how I faced tribalism as a young man growing up in Uganda. So, I will speak like I said, of my journey and the kind of things I have gone through 
and the ways in which I have experienced tribalism. And this is going to shake some people's tables and it's going to piss off some people. But like I said, that's what I'm here to do. And we are past that point of worrying about people's feelings. And this is about something bigger than us. So if I may just... Anyway, it's it's complicated. But like I said, in this podcast, I'm not exactly scripted. And I will just say things from the top of my head. But um, growing up as a Lango in this Uganda, and I, I learned very early on that the, the Baganda tribe don't really like my tribe. And that was made known to me from a very young age. Like from primary school and then into high school and later into university and as I moved on into the world, I could say, in my young adulthood, I have seen this thing. Now, I'm speaking mainly about the animosity that Baganda have against the Lango, but it, it's not limited to that. There are lots of other tribes that have beef with other tribes, and probably also my tribe, there are elements within my tribe that have beef with elements in another tribe. I'm not saying that an entire tribe hates another tribe, but there are always those negative elements within each tribe that are perpetrating that are the perpetrators of this nasty vice of this cancer and they are the ones who are perpetuating it into future generations so from my experience with the Buganda and Lango enmity I came to learn that this started with I think the rivalry between Milton Obote and Edward Mutesa. Because prior to that, I don't think there was any kind of hatred or animosity between the Waganda and the Lango. If anything, they lived in relative harmony. But then after what transpired between those two in the 1966 crisis a rivalry was born an enmity was born that has caused a lot of problems for a lot of people even those who had nothing to do with it growing up in school i growing up and going through school like right from primary like as early as p1 i could tell that there are certain waganda kids who like didn't want to be around me who pushed me away who told other people not to mix with me because of my name and because of the language I spoke it's crazy but you get those things from young kids and you wonder how they learned that you wonder who taught them that but then again you don't wonder too much I mean because you just figure it out that they learned this from their elders, probably their elder siblings or their parents, grandparents, I don't know, but they definitely learned this from their elders. So kids in primary already learning how to hate other kids, like for no reason, except the fact that they just heard that we don't get along with those people. They call you names, they discriminate against you, they segregate you. At least that's what I experienced. And if anyone wants me to back that up, well, they can approach me personally and I'll give them the details and probably even name names. But 
right here on this podcast i will not be naming names and things like that i will just be giving vague and general details and so from an early age i faced such things i faced that kind of discrimination that kind of segregation you know mockery and things like that kids trying to make me feel inferior because of who i was and where i came from like things like making fun of the language i spoke which some to some people may sound like just jokes and what but you you may ha- you have no idea what it does to an infant growing up the kind of psychological torture and harm that is done to children who have to go through that and going on to high school like i was shocked that such things continued you know initially i thought that maybe these were just some childish games from some ignorant kids who grew up in backward places and things like that but then in high school i mean because I, i studied in i was privileged to study in one of the top schools in the country and it so happened that you know it's one of those schools where like the upper class make sure that they take their kids to and things like that and then you find that yeah these so called upper class so called intellectual and enlightened people also harbor such sentiments you find the same stupid stuff going on you know you find people cracking jokes behind your back and even some in your face because another thing is that i <laughs> i couldn't speak luganda and so it it made some people like even take their racism or their tribalism against me to another level they would crack like nasty jokes behind my back and sometimes in my face in my presence knowing that i couldn't understand what they were saying they would play pranks on me practical jokes and the like and they would generally just have a nasty attitude towards me at at the height of it i mean i had some some muganda kid telling me to get off their land like i mean he literally told me to my face that me and my people should get off their land we are undesirable and not wanted you know i saw in, I, i witnessed crazy things fortunately i didn't experience this but like i saw it happen to another another kid from my tribe like some muganda kids spat at him in the face and it's crazy that such things happen in the 21st century and amongst people you wouldn't expect them to happen you get called names and you get treated like you are less than human all because someone perceives you as i don't know undesirable and not that they even have any grounds for it but just because they were taught that and that is the danger we face as a country tribalism hatred just for the sake of hatred unfounded and just like you know i don't really have the words for this so i try to understand where this all comes from and digging back through uganda's history i i seem to gain an understanding of all this like i said a lot of this stems from what happened between obote and mutesa and 
Well, that conflict, again, between those two rose from the fact that, I guess, well, Mutesa believed that him and his subjects deserved a certain kind of privileged position in this new Uganda. I mean, initially we were all a bunch of separate independent states, or as we call it today, tribes. Then along came the British with their agenda of imperialism. And then, so they, we, we all got, we got colonized by the British. And their main allies in this were the Baganda. And as payment for their support of the British, the Baganda were promised a certain kind of privileged position, which is why they collaborated with the British and helped them to suppress resistance in all the other regions of Uganda. But then comes along independence. And then we are forged into this one nation called Uganda. But within this, I guess Buganda still felt they deserved a privileged position, which not all Buganda, by the way, agreed with. And the other tribes, the other people of Uganda also did not agree with it. And it led to this crisis, which resulted in the king of Buganda being exiled. And so... This hatred that the Baganda have for Lango, I believe, was born there. But then I believe this is a hatred born out of ignorance. And much as it sort of helps to explain the kind of nasty treatment I faced at the hands of some of these sons of Baganda, it, it still does not, you know, justify it and does not take away the fact that it was just outright unfair and unjust and that it was just so disgusting. I mean, if I may give my two cents on all this, I mean, I do not see why any one tribe should have any privileged position over the others. I believe all of us should be equal and that any advancement in in rank of individuals that is not of collective tribes but like for any individual to advance in rank in governance and and public office and the like administration it should be based on merit and not the fact that someone has a certain claim to royalty eventually kingdoms were abolished but then they were reinstated but i believe monarchs were given more just ceremonial powers but anyways without again going too deep into history and politics because that will just complicate this and make this podcast run longer than i think it should i just wanted to speak against this thing called tribalism this entitlement born out of human hubris that certain people seem to have that makes certain people believe that some are inferior and that they are superior. I believe this thing has no place in the new Uganda. And if I may still speak to that animosity between the Baganda and the Lango, for those Baganda who claim they hate the Lango for no reason, I mean, I would just like to remind them that before Obote and Mutesa, there was history between 
Vaganda and Lango. Obote was not the first person to exile a Buganda king. Before that, Mwanga had been exiled by the British. I think it was by Lugard. And I don't see I don't know why then you didn't start hating the British and desiring to drive them out of your land as you now want to drive other people out of your land. I mean the very British that Mwanga's father, I think Mutesa was Mwanga's father, brought in are the same British who turned on him. There is a history of what should I call it? Politicking. I mean, like I said, these tribalists are just very ignorant people. Because if they knew anything about history and about what really happened, they would know that within the king's court, within the palace, there is always, or there was, and probably still is even to this very date, a struggle for influence over the monarch. People always desire to have influence over the king, which will give them influence over the kingdom at large. And then, of course, there were all these conflicting forces. There were the Catholics who represented France and the Protestants who were largely British and the Muslims and traditionalists and all these people who wanted to have control over the king and the kingdom. And that struggle all led to the king being deposed. And then here is a, yeah, a, a little dose of history for you. So when things really got bad and Mwanga was on the run for his life, he and Kawalega eventually were captured on Lango soil. On Lango soil. It's on Lango soil that the resistance to imperialism died. And it died not just simply like that, but with the death and loss of life of hundreds of Lango warriors. Our blood watered the earth that day before your king could be captured. So the next time a Muganda thinks of calling me or any Lango a Mudokolo, I would have them know that it is in that place called Dokolo that our grandfathers bled and lost their lives to protect your king and save his kingdom. Before any Muganda starts telling any Lango to get off their land, I would have them know that our grandfathers bled for this land. I would have them know that in World War II, our grandfathers were shipped off to Burma and other places to fight on the behalf of the British crown to protect this land. It is not that they wanted to, but it is after Buganda kings invited British here that everything happened the way it did and that things became the way they are. And so no one is going to treat the other like as less than human. Our grandfathers bled for this. Our blood has watered the tree of liberty. We have paid our fair price. We have paid the ultimate price. Our grandfathers did on our behalf. And so the liberties we enjoy today were fought for by many others long before us. Not only that, even in recent history, we know that during the LRA insurgency, 
countless Lango and actually lost their lives during that insurgency because they refused to take up arms against the government and so insurgents felt it necessary to make them pay for that by massacring them. And so the peace we enjoy today did not just come by mere wishes and by words but through the sacrifice of many people. And it is not right for anyone to try and speak out of ignorance and from a point of just sheer hatred and stupidity against others. It is wrong to disrespect others regardless of where they come from and regardless of who you think you are and what privileges you think you deserve. Every human life is important. There is no place for tribalism in this new world, in this age. We cannot bring 19th century thinking into the 20th century. It is fortunate that someone like me was raised well, that my parents taught me to kill people with kindness but with the kind of experience I, I went through growing up in Buganda, the kind of abuse I put up with, and you know other things, I mean, things like going to an LC's office for a recommendation letter, and the LC d- demands that you ask for it in Luganda because you're in Buganda. I mean, that is just sheer stupidity. I mean, Buganda is in Uganda, and English is an official language. And as long as I can speak that, I should be able to get around. You are not going to try and force this perceived privilege of yours upon other people. I am not speaking against all Baganda, but I'm just speaking about my experience at the hands of certain Baganda. And I know that there are many. But this has got to stop. You go to a public university and the administrative staff start addressing you in Luganda and when you tell them that you cannot speak Luganda, they ask you why you can't when you are on Buganda soil. I will remind you once again, Buganda is in Uganda. There is no room for tribalism. This is just my experience. I am not saying that tribalism is limited to Uganda but I have experienced it at their hands. And why I think this is so perverse and why I believe this must be addressed is because recently in the 2021 elections after Museveni being declared winner and his closest rival Chagulani coming runner coming in as runner up. There was of course this whole debate about election rigging and all that and well I also don't want to go much into the politics and all that, but here is where this thing comes back to bite people in very uncomfortable places. One of the reasons why it will be very hard for a candidate from Buganda to ever win in the north is because of 
such stupid sentiments harbored among some baganda which lead other people to believe that all of them are like that. How do you expect your son Chagulanyi to come and convince people in the north to vote for him when they know that you treat people the way you treat people? Wouldn't these people rather take their chance with Sevo? Ask yourself that. How do you know that that young boy you are mistreating today will not come back tomorrow and repay the same hatred with hatred? Because evil begets evil. Do some of these people ever consider such things? Luckily, some of us have been raised right and are trying to break this cycle rather than perpetuate it. But you need to think very critically about some of these things. I hope that some of the people who perpetuated such heinous acts against me get to listen to this recording. I hope they get to find out that they messed with the wrong lawn. I hope they get to know that they messed with the Amuha. And that no one messes with the Amuha. There is no room for tribalism. And what you do today has impacts in the future. You need to look at how men like Adolf Hitler came to be. How men like Robert Mugabe came to be. Hatred was perpetrated against them. And so they decided to repay it with hatred. But we can do better. We can learn lessons from the failures of the past and make sure that we don't repeat them. We can create a better future for all. I am not here to further the divisions existing between tribes. I am just here to expose them by telling my story, by giving you an idea of what I went through. I won't name names and give specific details, but just the overview I've given should be enough. It should be enough to tell you that this thing has got to end. It could have far worse consequences than it has had. So, that is it. That's all I had to say about tribalism in Uganda. That's my story. As brief and uncoordinated as it is, as always, this is unscripted. And it's just me speaking my truth. But I felt this had to be hard. I had to tell my story. I had to tell about how I was abused and belittled. And how some people tried to make me feel smaller than I am. Which I am not. I am a very proud man of the proud Lamo people carrying the spirit of the Amuha in me. And I am a proud Ugandan and I love my country. And I hope that all of us can join hands and make this a better country for all. Thanks for listening, guys.